everyone. Welcome to our listeners in the Big Apple from across the U.S. and around the world. I'm Jeff Goodman, and this is Rediscovering New York. Professionally, I'm a real estate broker. Uh, I used to say with Halstead Real Estate, but now we're consolidating with Brown Harris Stevens. So I will say I'm uh, a real estate broker with Brown Harris Stevens. And as you all know, I love New York. Rediscovering New York is a weekly program about the history, texture, and vibe of our amazing city. And we do it through interviews with historians, local business owners, nonprofit organizations, preservationists, local musicians and artists, tour operators, and the occasional elected official. On some shows, we focus on an individual New York neighborhood, exploring its history and its current energy. What makes that particular New York neighborhood special? Like tonight, we host shows about an interesting and vital color of the city that's not focused on one particular neighborhood. In prior episodes, you'll know that we've covered uh, topics as diverse and illuminating as American presidents who came from, lived in, or had some interesting history here in New York, about half of them actually. We've talked about the history of women activists and the history of the women's suffrage movement in the city. We focused on African-American history. We went back to the history of the city's LGBT rights movement. And we've even explored the history of bicycles and cycling. We've talked about the history of punk and opera in New York. They were separate shows, by the way. And we've also explored the city's greatest train station and its bridges. After the broadcast, each show is available on podcast. You can hear us on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and other services. Tonight is a very special show for me. I like to talk about the city and its history, um, but I'm a bit of an amateur compared to the two guests that I have on who bring the city to people who live here and to people who visit here. And I'm talking about tour, uh, not more tour operators, but people who are passionate about sharing the best of New York with the people that they know and people who come to their businesses. Our first guest is someone that I've worked with before. She's great. She's Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours. Joyce is a recognized expert and educator in New York history and for over 40 years has been guiding New Yorkers and visitors alike to rave reviews through private walking tours as well as tours open to the public. Joyce has published two guidebooks, one of them from Windmills to the World Trade Center, a walking guide through the history of Lower Manhattan, and the second one from Trout Stream to Bohemia, a walking guide through the history of Greenwich Village. She's contributed entries to the Encyclopedia of New York City. And if that wasn't enough, the New York Times recently called Joyce, and I'm not uh, exaggerating this, the doyen if New York City tour guides, a level of recognition that any tour guide would relish. I know I certainly would. I would like to be a doyen, but I'm not in your company, Joyce. And we welcome back to New York, to Rediscovering New York, the amazing Joyce Gold. Joyce, welcome. Thanks, Jeff. It's great to be on your show again. Now, you're not originally from New York, are you? No, I'm from a small town in Pennsylvania. Hazleton, PA is where I was born. And I lived there until uh, through the eighth grade. And then with my family, I moved to New York City. And it's been your home ever since. How did you get involved in the work you do? You bringing, not just touring, but bringing New York's history to life for the people lucky enough to, to go on your tours? Well, there are over 8 million people who live in the city now. And I felt bad for them when I started learning about New York City that they didn't really know a lot about it. This was in the mid-1970s. I was working on Wall Street at the Federal Reserve Bank. And one day I just picked up an old book about the city's history. I couldn't get enough of it. And working down at the southern tip of Manhattan, the earliest part of city's history, I knew the streets that were in the book, and it was very interesting to me to be able to envision what Broadway, for example, looked like when there were Native Americans there or when the Dutch had a colony there. And I thought it just changed my life for the better in such a way that it behooved me to learn a lot more, largely to teach New Yorkers and have them enjoy their city on more levels than they already were mm -hmm. doing. And when when did you decide to go into it on pretty much a full-time basis? And I also want to add that uh, in the past, aside from uh, being published, Joyce has also taught Manhattan history at New York University in the New School. So when you first went into uh, providing tours, Joyce, did it, did it become your vocation or, or did you uh, 
a switch from uh, doing something else as well part-time to... to well, I was in computers at the time for many years, and uh, I gave tours on weekends. I would promote them. There were very few other tour guides in town. Saturday or Sunday, come here, I'll be showing you one of the two neighborhoods that I did pretty exclusively for the first few years, the financial district and Greenwich Village. What were, so your first tour was the financial district. That's right. And how long was it before you, you, you programmed, you created your second tour after that? Well, it was very shortly after that because I didn't want to bore myself. Uh, now an impossible thought because you can bore yourself you can't even board yourself on one block downtown. You can find many, 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 many things there. But I think it was uh, within a few months, I think, that I started developing a Greenwich Village tour. We're actually going to... Uh, sorry, uh, go ahead. That I did them on weekends for a few years, strictly on weekends. And then um, I got into the real estate business. And, you know, as you know, being in the business yourself, you're sort of an entrepreneur, you're sort of an independent operator, even if you're connected to a brokerage house. And so it was a very easy transition after doing that for four years to be able to then do this touring full time. Full time. And as I say, there were, there are, I don't know, maybe three guides that I know of who have been doing it longer than I have. So it was pretty early on and it was kind of a new idea. Mm. What goes into, you know, for most of us who, who go on tours, and I'm also going to ask this of our second guest as well, uh, you know, we just sort of show up. It's like you show up in the theater and someone's on stage or you see someone on television and, you know, they just don't show up and, and actually uh, uh, provide a performance for you. They, there's a lot of work that goes into it. What goes into designing one of your tours? Well, first of all, I have to be inspired to do it, and there are a number of ways I can be inspired. And then I have to think that does it interest me, because I like to pass along everything that I'm going to tell other people through me. What do I find most interesting? What bores me to death? What don't I want to do? And so, for example, I don't like to do a crime tour. I'm not interested in crime. I think the criminals are mostly psychotics. I don't want to spend time around them. And so there's some tours that I wouldn't do, even though I add some crime for the juice in some of my other tours. So I have to like that. I have to get a kind of a focus. I like to have an interesting starting place, an interesting ending place. And I like there to be some kind of story because I am very data-oriented. I have a thousand books at home. I read constantly everything from newspapers to books to uh, online. And um, it has to be something that I find that I can add something to for people and that I think people would be interested in as well. Mm. Well, you know, full disclosure, I have been on um, uh, a lot of Joyce Gold tours. In fact, uh, as part of my real estate business, I host walking tours, um, as uh, some of my listeners know. Um, and one of the things that, uh, to me, is really wonderful uh, is you're a great storyteller. I mean, you, 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 you don't just talk about the history, but you talk about the people that you're talking about. You'll, you'll read uh, pieces of news articles at the time or what someone wrote about someone else, about someone in, in their journal, about someone else in their journal. Um, how much time does it generally take you to, to add a tour right now? I want to ask you about updating them a, a, a little bit later in the segment, but how much time would you say that it takes you to actually create a Joyce Gold tour? Well, it can take a week or two because I have great number of resources at home uh, where it's mostly where I work. Uh, so it depends if I'm using information used for other tours. And it's amazing. The more you find out about New York, the more everything seems to add to what you already knew. Somebody that I connect with, the Gilded Age, for example, on Fifth Avenue, turns out to not have wanted to buy on the West Side because the West Side is a class A. So well, of I course. <laughs> I live on the East Side. So. <laughs> Getting to change. Uh, yes, yes. More in your department than mine. And Joyce uh, lives on the west side, everybody. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, sorry, I had to I had to add that little. 
So if I'm using information, say a certain ethnic group that I talk about downtown that might fit uptown, then it will take a little less time to design a tour because I'm using some things that I find will fit into the new district. And I now do almost four dozen different neighborhoods in the city, almost all in Manhattan, but increasingly a few in Brooklyn as well. Mm. And some of us are so grateful that you do tours in Brooklyn. Um, and, I, and I do want to ask you about one in particular uh, a little bit later as well. Um, I wanted to ask you about the inspiration for new tours. But of course, every single tour that you did at some point was a new tour. When you had one tour, when you started with the financial district, every other tour was yeah. new at some point. Um, yes. What was I'd, I'd love for you to share your inspiration for um, some of the different tours that you did and why you did them. Sure, I'd be glad to. Um, for example, the tour of Yorkville, the East 80s, 70s and 80s, was inspired by the fact, a couple of things. First of all, the Second Avenue subway was going to make that much more accessible to people from other parts of the city. Just opened a couple of years ago. And I really had rarely been into that part of Manhattan. Manhattan's only about 26 square miles, but I'd only been there a few times, and I figured many downtown people weren't there at all. And so I wanted to inspire people to find out about the new subway and this new neighborhood. So that inspired that one. Uh, the Ladies' Mile Tour. The great By the way, I have to say the uh, Yorkville tour was uh, probably the longest walk that I've ever been on of any of your tours. It was, yes, it was, yes. I, I, I loved it. It was pretty hefty, too. Uh, Thank you. Yeah, ideally, I think I like to have about a half a mile of a walk in two hours. And sometimes people say, oh, two hours, I don't think I could walk that long. Well, at the end, they feel they've just started and they're ready to go. But it's hard to explain people, especially people who don't live in the car and the walking culture that New York City is, uh, that two hours can go very quickly. So let's see, the Civil War tour downtown in uh, basically uh, east of Greenwich Village uh, there were some Civil War buffs who asked me to design a bus tour of Civil War sites in Manhattan. And I was really uh, not too keen on it because I figured there were no battles in Manhattan. What was there? And the more I read about Civil War at atmosphere and escapades in the city, the more fascinated I became. So after that episode, I decided to take some of the most interesting part of it and turn it into a walking tour. The Five Points Tour, a kind of infamous, largely Irish immigrant neighborhood near Chinatown uh, of 150 years ago, I had been talking about the infamous Five Points in my classes at NYU and the New School for many years. But then Martin Scorsese's fabulous movie, Gangs of New York, came out, and a lot of people who hadn't heard of the Five Points suddenly wanted to hear about it. So that was one I did as well. Um, Even though I have, you know, and what's also really interesting to me about that tour is that uh, this virtual, unlike most of your other tours, there's virtually nothing left from the days of when it was the five points. But mm -hmm. you do such a great job at creating those visual images of what it was like, even though you look up at the federal courthouse, you know, what it was like when there was a brewery and, a, and you know. Well, thank you. Uh, it always seems strange to me that I could visit England, but I couldn't visit 1820. So I'm trying to evoke. 1820 or other periods in the past for people. Uh, some new areas, the Highline Park, for example, fascinating, got a lot of press. The more recent Hudson Yards, uh, nobody had ever been over there, it seemed, and got a lot of press. People wanted to know what it was all about. And even, for example, with the Hudson Yards, they tended to read about it and feel negatively about the project. I like to show them that there were many aspects to it that weren't either totally positive or totally negative, but were fascinating to know about how it all came about. Massive project, the biggest construction project in the history of the United States. Yeah. All right. Well, we're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours. You're listening to Rediscovering New York on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network.
Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. And you're back to Rediscovering New York and our special episode, uh, one of my favorite topics in the city, which is touring around New York City. I have two great guests whose businesses specialize in really illuminating and bringing New York forth to people who go on their tours in ways that no one else can do. Uh, My first guest is Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours. Before the break, Joyce, we were talking about the inspirations for some of your tours and... um, uh, one thing, one I really want to talk about, and you know, I suppose in my ego, I like to take a little bit more credit than it's probably due. But um, uh, do you want to talk about your inspiration for your for your tour of Gowanus? Yes, I found Gowanus, uh, even though I resisted doing it, because uh, I had never been there, and it was in a whole whole other borough across a river. Uh, I found it very interesting. I found it interesting in terms of what it said about uh, the spirit of the city, pollution, thing, bringing things down, and then revival. Revival is a very big topic on a number of my tours, for example, things that seem down and out. The city seemed to be down and out, but it does always come back. And I found the story of revival of the neighborhood very strong in Gowanus, Um it's a very interesting story with new things, old things. I think the combination, if, if a neighborhood can keep both new and old, is very good for the town. And one wonderful thing about Gowanus is unlike, even though New York is surrounded by water, um, one of the things I love about Gowanus is that there's water right in the middle of the neighborhood. Um, it wasn't the prettiest water at one point, <laughs> but it was. Uh, it certainly adds a lot to the character to be able to walk across bridges and you know little yeah. bridges and footbridges to be one front of the neighborhood to the other. Definitely. Hmm. By the way, a little plug for Joyce. Um, uh, Joyce, uh, the Gowanus tour is one of the ones that Joyce gives. She also hosts tours in Brooklyn of Park Slope, uh, Brooklyn Heights, Dumbo, and also of Brighton Beach, which is near where I grew up. Um, Joyce, one thing that's fascinating about your tours is that for some neighborhoods, you have multiple tours um, Mm -hmm. and different topics, but the same neighborhoods. Do you want to talk about some of those? Well, the financial district, I also talk about in terms of the American Revolution and certainly Alexander Hamilton tour inspired by the play. Uh, But the one I have the most of is Greenwich Village. I have over 30 different tours of Greenwich Village. Uh, an overview of Washington Square, an overview of the Far West Village, but also labor activism. Uh, I have one called the uh, Notorious Immigrant Women of Washington Square. It's a I've been on that one. It's a great tour. <laughs> um, it, yes, uh, thank you. Uh, Italian history in Greenwich Village is very interesting architectural history, waterfront history, my famous Halloween macabre, Greenwich Village, about all the things I don't put into the other tours, all about death and dying, and it's just a lot of fun, and so on. So, Especially uh, around Halloween. <laughs> most of the clients, I, I do have tours uh, in normal years, most weekends that people can just show up for, 
of all different neighborhoods, I rotate them, and that's like $25 a tour. But mostly what I do are private tours. As a matter of fact, some of my new routes come up because somebody requests a neighborhood that I think might be interesting for the public and no and haven't done yet. Um, so tell me your question one more time. I get off on all of this. Oh, the, um, the, some of the neighborhoods that you actually have different oh, yeah. topics of tours for. Yeah, Greenwich oh. Village uh, has so much history. That's It's wonderful. The meat packing district, the waterfront, it's all Greenwich Village. Um, other tours that, that you host uh, are not primarily neighborhood inspired, but they're inspired by specific events or particular periods in history. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, do you want to talk about some of those? Well, I do a lot of ethnic tours, uh, certainly Chinatown, Little Italy, the Irish Five Points, the Irish uh, Hell's Kitchen. African-American Harlem, Jewish Harlem. And so um, those are very interesting that have to do with a certain period and a certain group. Uh, Certain incidents like the Civil War also is a popular one. Hmm. When did you start doing a tour of Governor's Island? I think I started Governor's Island soon after it opened to the public, which was maybe 10 or 15 years ago. It was off limits to the public. Uh, It was long a coat. Well, first it was an army base for almost 200 years. Then it was the main Coast Guard base of the country. And that was pretty much off limits to the public. I was invited there actually by the wife of the admiral, the Coast Guard admiral, one of three to visit it. But then once it opened, I thought that I'm fascinated by things that, by contrasts. Harlem, you think of as black, but then Jewish Harlem. Governor's Island seems very much like a far distant army base and very rural, but it's a five-minute ferry trip from Wall Street. So the idea of that kind of unexpected contrast, I I found fascinating. So I, I offered it very early on. And now it's even more open, not all year, usually from around May to September or October. It's open to the public. And uh, there are layers of time there. I'm always fascinated by things of different periods. And there is a War of 1812 fort that is one of the earliest things there. And uh, what will be done with it? Well, that's up in the air. And so people like to find out the physical of what's being considered which is Governor's Island. Hmm. Well, Fort J on Governor's Island to me is one of the island's best kept secrets because you can't really see it. If you take the Staten Island Ferry or you're in the harbor, you can see uh, uh, Castle uh, Williams right on the right on the water, which is Mm -hmm. uh, either a second or a third uh, system fort. I forgot which one is, you know, but it's uh, it's round and, and, and it's masonry. But Fort J actually is the older fort and it has a moat. There's no water in it at the moment, but there's still a moat. That's right. There never was water in it, but it's always still been a boat. <laughs> Used to have a drawbridge, but now it's a permanent bridge. Mm. What I'm always fascinated, you know, because a lot of people don't realize it, but but New York um, was well, Brooklyn actually, uh, but New York City was the scene of the of the biggest uh, battle of the Revolution. That uh, uh, was the Battle of Long Island, or also known as the Battle of Brooklyn. What tours do you have that that will focus on um, things related to New York's history during the Revolutionary War? Well, Gowanus uh, was very nearby that the main battle, the battle with the Stone House, which is still visible. And so I talk about it at some length there. Even in the Manhattan, in the Manhattan Revolutionary War tour, I talk at some length about what was happening in Brooklyn. And that's another great contrast. I mean, Brooklyn, even people in Brooklyn didn't know about it. In fact, a lot of people in Brooklyn didn't realize they were in Long Island. So that was another thing that people learned. That's why they changed the Long Island Historical Society to the Brooklyn Historical Society, because people didn't realize it was there. So I included in a number of different tours. Uh, Certainly Hamilton had to do with the American Revolution. And I talk about Hamilton, both in the downtown Hamilton tour and the Harlem tour, where his range is still standing and open to the public. And also, even your your tour of Morningside Heights uh, focuses somewhat on um, on the revolution because there's a big old plaque on the side of uh, Columbia 
that actually yeah. commemorates uh, part of the retreat, <laughs> the skirmishes uh, as yeah. uh, Washington's forces uh, uh, scampered up the island to cross the Hudson and fight another day. What goes into when you decide that you're going to update a tour, especially since your tours are historical? How do you how do you decide, OK, it's time for me to either um, add something new or to bring a different perspective uh, or would mm-hmm. would update an existing tour that you have? Well, there are two main ways. One is, you know, I get the New York Times every day. I read multiple publications every day and anything that I read that adds to my knowledge of any of the many routes that I do, I will cut out and save to be able to include the next time I give that particular route. So one way that I update is whatever comes my way is then updated. You know, what's the current price in a certain neighborhood for an apartment? Uh, What's happening to a building? What conflicts are going on? But then I also read quite a bit. As soon as this pandemic struck, I read a fabulous book on the history of the Bowery. Now, I do tours of the Bowery, but there was a lot there that I didn't know. So um, I sometimes go after information. And when I review a tour, I find that over the years, certain things pop out at me. And I find that um, sometimes I'll, I'll switch the focus, whatever seems most interesting at the time. I'm always thinking of the tour taker what they would find most interesting as well as what I would find most interesting. Hmm. And also a lot of my clients like different aspects of things. Maybe they're doctors. And so I suddenly have a medical uh, focus or maybe they're from Sweden and suddenly everything downtown seems to be Swedish, including Jenny Lynn's (laughs) Nightingale. And so that flexibility allows me to focus on different aspects that in a way are an update as well. (laughs) What tours do you have, or I shouldn't say what, I shouldn't make that assumption, but do you have any tours that you haven't given yet and you're waiting to uh, bring off the shelf as soon as our limitations of of physical of being physically distant uh, uh, become less severe? Well, one of the newly changing neighborhoods is the area very close to the Holland Tunnel downtown. It was very much a center of printing activity. But now it seems to be a place where a lot of tech companies and very hip companies think Disney, think um, Google are moving to. And so when something has a change of character, an area that a lot of New Yorkers as well as others never thought twice about, uh, then I find that very interesting. So it's called the Hudson Square. Now that's tricky because the Hudson Yards are a whole other part of town in the West 30s. Hudson Square is uh, basically south of Houston Street. So that's one I haven't I, I haven't given yet, but they have a business improvement district and I designed a tour for the bid. And also it occurred to me that on the Upper West Side, a very large, you know, miles long, I do have a very popular Central Park West tour, but I never had anything to the west of that. So I've just designed a new tour, never given yet, of, I call it the West 70s West. And it's the area of Broadway to the West, including Riverside Park. And I just walked it through for the first time yesterday, and it has a lot of interesting things in it. So I think that will be something that will be put on my list. And my website has a list of all of the private tours that I do. And of course, they're just starting off points, because as I say, a lot of private tour takers want me to add other routes. Mm. Well, I'm looking forward to that tour of the West Side. And of course, I can imagine that that uh, famous statue of you-know-who in Riverside Park and 72nd Street of Eleanor Roosevelt is going to be part of that tour. Yes, and I was just at that statue yesterday. And not only does she have a mask over her face because of COVID-19. Well, she would wear one now, that's for sure. She would wear and she would be about 200 years old. No, that's possible. And also the mask that she's wearing is the rainbow colors. So she's very pro-gay with that. So this is how whenever you think you know something, this city always has a new twist, a new angle. And it makes New York endlessly fascinating. Well, Joyce Gold of Joyce Gold History Tours, thank you so much for being my first guest on the special program about touring around New York City. Um, when physical restrictions lift everyone, um, Joyce has some great tours. You can read about them 
at JoyceGoldHistoryTours.com. And Joyce, you also have an Instagram page full of yep, great pictures yep. of the city. It's called Joyce Gold History Tours. <laughs> wow. <laughs> okay. Novel. Well, I, my channels are called the same thing. Okay. Joyce, thank you so much for being a guest on the show and being back to Rediscovering New York. We're going to take a short break. And when we come back, we are going to speak with our second guest, who has a very unusual tour business and a great tour business called the New York Adventure Club. We'll be back in a moment. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you run or are ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. We're back, and you're back. Support for Rediscovering New York comes from our sponsors, Christopher Pappas, mortgage specialist at TD Bank. To find out how Chris can help you with all of your residential home mortgage needs and tailor a mortgage that's right for you, please call Chris at 203-512-3918. And support also comes from the law offices of Thomas Siaka, specializing in wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. Tom and his staff can be reached at 212 495-0317. Our program is about New York and the myriad textures of our amazing city. There's another great show on the air about New York and specifically about the business of real estate. Good Morning New York with Vince Rocco, my friend and colleague at Brown Harris Stevens. Vince's show is live on Tuesday mornings at 9 a.m. on voiceamerica.com and also on podcast. You can like the show on Facebook and you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles there are Jeff Goodman NYC. If you have comments or questions, or if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. One of the note before we get to our next guest, even though Rediscovering New York is not a show about the real estate business in New York, when I'm not on the air, I am indeed a real estate agent in our amazing city, where I help my clients buy, sell, lease, and rent property. If you or someone you care about is considering a move into, out of, or within New York, I would love to help you with all those real estate needs. You can reach me and my team at Brown Harris Stevens at 646-306-4761. Well, our second guest is a special guest who has a very special company called the New York Adventure Club. He's Corey William Schneider. Corey is the CEO and founder of the New York Adventure Club, a social events company that organizes special access tours and events in and around New York and the city for its community of over 20,000 people who participate in Corey's events. Corey, a hearty welcome to Rediscovering New York. Jeff, thank you so much for for having me on the program tonight. Are you originally from the city, from New York? 
I am not. I am, uh, well, like many uh, current New Yorkers, uh, hail from New Jersey, so right across the river. Uh, but I'm, I've almost been here 10 years, and I know that's the, regardless of your background, once you hit the 10-year mark, you're an official New Yorker, so I'm, I'm almost there. Well, I can tell by your background, too. It's a great subway station. I want to say it's an IRT station, but I can't quite place it. Uh, and, of course, there's a great New York Adventure Club logo uh, behind it. Um, Corey, how long have you been in the business of, of bringing great things of New York to your audience? Yeah, well, officially uh, around a little over six years, but, uh, you know, this, this goes back uh, around a year after I, I moved here. I moved to the city and... Um, you know, when I moved here, uh, I wouldn't consider consider myself uh, that adventurous at all. Uh, and I would joke I fell in the bubble. Uh, it's an overwhelming city. It's difficult to meet people. So you tend to stay in your comfort zone. And uh, for that first year, uh, I did what I thought was was what, what, what fun was. Uh, going to bars, restaurants, not doing that much on weekends and uh, kind of culmination of that and mixing the monotony of my corporate job at the time. And I had my early life crisis right on cue, like many uh, young New Yorkers and realized uh, first I wasn't doing anything fulfilling in my spare time. And, and also it, supposedly it was the greatest city in the world, uh, but I didn't know anything about it. So I felt a, a, a quite ashamed about that. And uh, so I made a self pact from that moment on to, uh, to explore New York and, and, and just see what, what it really had. And so that, you know, started to take my, at least my personal, uh, you know, uh, time in, in a different direction. And for two years I was going all over the city, uh, you know, uh, trying to be true to that self pack to do something every single weekend. And, uh, but as you can imagine, uh, after two years, uh, I, I was having an amazing time. Uh, and I, I know you've, you've walked the city, uh, quite a bit yourself and, um, you know, I just started, I fell in love with it. Uh, and, uh, but it was still difficult to get any of my friends involved. Uh, I won't say any, but most of them, uh, the idea of going to somewhere like Flushing Queens at 10 AM on a Saturday was not their idea of fun. And, uh, I was determined though to, to try to change their mind and, uh, created a, a Facebook group, uh, just to show them pictures that I was taking and trying to, you know, encourage them to come out. And when that didn't work, I decided to organize a private tour for them. And I figured if, you know, if I did all of the work and uh, booking a, a tour of an interesting location, buying the tickets, setting the dates and times that they would have to show up, that they couldn't possibly flake out. Um, but uh, wary that they would, I did uh, promote one of those events in a local, uh, local uh, blog uh, website. And uh, to my surprise, uh, around 100 people at the time joined the Facebook group asking how to get a ticket. And wow. I was not selling tickets. I was literally Googling how to sell tickets, uh, you know, online. So that uh, very, very humble beginnings, but uh, definitely took my life in a, in a very different direction. Um, and, and since then, it's just been trying to build uh, what is uh, the New York Adventure Club brand uh, today. How long after that, that Facebook page, did you come up with the name New York Adventure Club? Was that pretty quick or was it well, some time after that? It, well, originally it was New York Adventure Club for non-boring people. That was the full title. <laughs> uh, but I, you know, a friend convinced me that it's not just for non-boring people, it's for boring people who want to be non-boring, like, like myself. So I decided, you know, to, uh, with New York Adventure Club. So, um, uh, and, you know, I didn't really think anything of it at the time. And, and the logo didn't come until a little later. But, um, you know, it's, uh, you know, when you have 100 people asking to get a ticket, then you start to look back and say, Oh, wait a second, there might be something here. So I'll, I know a lot of people ask, a lot of people ask me, Oh, you know, you must have thought about this from step stage one. It's like this happened by total accident. Um, and I'm just trying to kind of fill the shoes that I think I, I should be wearing. Well, there's something really in a way for me, classic and classical about how you, you started your business. And I didn't know this before you came on the air. Um, I lived in London and, and there's something uh, in London called the knowledge uh, in order to get a hack license, um, you have to know, in the streets of London and not like New York, you have to know so much of where the roundabouts are, which one-way streets are. And so what, what, what uh, cabbies do is for two years, they get on a bicycle and they 
bike the streets of London, because when that test comes, they have to know it like the, literally like the back of their hand. Um, and that's very much like you did. You, 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 came, you came to know so much about the city and then something and you said it's time to do this professionally. Um, what were some of the first adventures and tours that, 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 that you started? Was uh, Flushing one of those or, or not? You mentioned Flushing at 10 in the morning. I would go to Flushing, well, by the way, at they, 10 in the morning with you. Yeah, yeah. well, you know, that, places like On Flushing. Saturday. <laughs> yeah, no, places like Flushing were personal adventures. This is before New York Adventure Club was a, a real thing. And, you know, going to those sort of neighborhoods and, you know, waking up early to go to, you know, uh, Patterson, New Jersey, or go to, you know, upstate uh, to Poughkeepsie. Um, yeah, that's, I, I really enjoyed that use of my time, use of my, of my free time. Um, but, uh, some of the early, uh, official events, uh, you know, the first month we had, well, the one that brought in everyone, uh, was a Brooklyn army terminal and, and uh, that's in, in sunset park, Brooklyn. And that was a, a big, uh, embar- embar- embarkation, uh, point for world war two, all the, all, all the troops and supplies heading overseas, would uh, have to pass through the through this single the, this facility that uh, designed by Cass Gilbert originally for World War One, uh, built in I believe uh, around eighteen months at a, a record time at the time it was the largest poured concrete structure in the world, and uh, you know what, what really stands out uh, about that site aesthetically um, from the outside I think it's, it really represents a New York hidden gem uh, from the outside it just looks like a large industrial complex. Um, impressive in its, in its own right. But once you go inside, you really see the beauty of these tiered cement uh, platform uh, landings where essentially a train would pull in uh, through the middle and a sky crane would pick up that cargo and place it on a, a, a one of these decks, one of these platforms uh, that, you know, uh, before it went to that specific country. So each country had had its own deck. And just if, if you bring up a picture uh, you'll just see the the amazing symmetry of these of these platforms and how they uh, they ebb and flow through this you know uh, uh, football three football you know field sized uh, facility and just to walk in there and just see that site I mean that's I mean that's why you, you know, that's what keeps you going and that's what has kept me going because you know just when you think uh, you've you've seen it all uh, you you haven't and that's the story of new york like even for someone like myself whose job it is to find these really interesting places uh, it doesn't end it, it never ends and uh, uh i i'm continuing to learn things every every week and then when i get to see these places in person and and even better if i can actually organize that tour or that event to bring other people in in a way that will be you know special um is really uh, rewarding would you say, Corey, that there was anything that may have evolved in what inspires you to create um, some of your latest adventures and, and events compared to to when you first started the business? Yeah, I mean, when I first started, it was uh, it depended on my prior knowledge of, of the of those two years going around on my own, and and you know when I had to quickly put together events, I was working off of that that prior knowledge, but. As the community community has grown, the adventure club community that is, uh, you know, the best events have come from referrals uh, from current members or or introductions or or just people passing along information. Hey, check this website out. Hey, I found this cool place. And you know, maybe they they a lot of them assume like, oh, I must know about it. But there's once again, there's so much, and we're, because we're not even talking about New York City proper, we're talking about the whole metropolitan area and. When you add all all of that up, it really it's just the the sheer number of really interesting sites is uh is overwhelming. So um, many times someone says, "Hey, have you heard about that?" I'm like, "I have not, but I will uh, email them tomorrow." And I, I try to really follow up on all of those leads. It's kind of like a, a journalist, uh, you know, kind of chasing that, uh, trying to put that putting that uh, article together. Well, and the creativity you bring is is amazing. I, uh, you know, full disclosure, I've been on some of New York Adventure Club events, and and one of my favorites is um, some of the whisking tasting the whiskey tastings that you've done. But it wasn't just the whiskey; it had to be in a place that evoked something, you know, profound. And uh, uh, tasting the whiskey and being to those events at um, the Swedish uh, uh, Siemens Church, sure, which, yeah. which is now in the form of Bible Society. I mean, that just you know, it it, it just mixes so many special things to create a really great experience. Yeah. And being in that location is, is, 
is most of that experience, right? Uh, sure, you can have a whiskey tasting in, a, in an office, uh, in, a, in, a, in a conference room, but wouldn't you rather do it in a place that has, you know, in a building that's been there for a hundred years and and uh, just has that story to tell? And I think, uh, you know, the whiskey is just a way to bring you to lure you in into this, uh, you know, into this new and uh, exciting location that you can enjoy and visit um, after that. And I'm a whiskey fan, and I have to say I was lured in. (laughs) Uh, We're going to take a short break, and when we come back, we're going to continue our conversation with Corey William Schneider of the New York Adventure Club. We'll be back in a moment. Talking Alternative Radio, 24 hours a day. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio, big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media, my guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your conscious consultant. And on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Talkingalternative.com We're back to Rediscovering New York and our very special episode about two very special people who bring New York to life for their guests. My second guest tonight is Corey William Schneider of the New York Adventure Club. Now, Corey, I'm going to put you on the spot for a second. I don't know if you're going to want to answer it, but I get, I get asked uh, as a real estate agent who works in a big part of the city, you know, what are your, what's your favorite neighborhood? And I say all of them <laughs> because any any place where a New Yorker says I'm going to plant my I'm going to live here I'm going to plant my home here to me is special because the city I mean the city has centuries of history it's incredibly diverse and international so you know I love every neighborhood just about do you have uh, any particular uh, tours or events that for you are especially meaningful? That is a that is a great question and a difficult one to ask. Uh, you know, every I feel like every neighborhood has you know has it has its charm. And, you know, I, I will say uh, definitely Lower Manhattan, uh, whether it's Lower East Side, uh, East Village, um, or you know by the Battery. I know I just covered a couple of neighborhoods there, but I'd say you know I'll, I'll go for for Lower Manhattan just because of you know that's where it all started. That's where New York City started and uh, you know to know uh, to understand the progression of new york city is to really understand uh, everything below uh, canal street um, and probably even even lower everything but everything below city hall um you know just has such a rich rich history and and you know economically socially uh it's just really fascinating neighborhood and um you know anytime they uh, build a new building they have to uh, you know, they have to bring in a team of archaeologists to uh, see if there's anything in the ground. And there is always something in the ground. I know Joyce was mentioned, was talking about five points. And, and as the two of you were discussing, there is very little left. If not, I, I think the, uh, the mission is really the only uh, five points mission is the only building uh, left or any like the sign is the only remnant left. But uh, when they were building the, the new the federal courthouse, uh, uh, you know, in the past decade and in, in the 90s, early 2000s, you know, they unearthed all of these uh, artifacts, um, you know, relating to Five Points, uh, which was, you know, that's where, where modern day uh, Chinatown, specifically around Columbus Park was. And, 
you know, and that's what's un- underneath the ground, just, uh, the, the, the history, uh, phys- physical history of, of New York. So I, if I have to pick one, I guess I would pick uh, uh, the lower Manhattan. Mm. It's, you know, I, from a historical perspective, you know, I, I share that with you. Um, uh, and it's interesting, there's, there's, there are only three buildings left on the whole on this island that predate the revolution. Um, and um, two of them are in lower Manhattan. One of them is, is in the South Street Seaport. And uh, then we also have St. Paul's Chapel, which uh, uh, is right on, on Ann Street and Broadway. But what most people don't know is that the oldest building on the island, the old Exton building, is actually up in Washington Heights. It's the Morris Jamel Mansion, which uh, predates the uh, predates St. Paul's Chapels by a year. Um, I want to talk to you a little bit about um, some of the ideas that you have about taking um, taking the brand outside New York. But first I wanted to ask you about how your business has been impacted by COVID and, and what kinds, I mean, the challenge of course, for all of us has been keeping physically distant. So I'm curious as to how you were inspired and what you did to create really great experience for, for people in New York when they could not physically be present for your, for your content. Yeah, well, so when March came around, you know, our 15 events a week went to zero pretty quickly uh, and uh, took a couple days to absorb that and, uh, you know, figure out what the next step was. And really the only solution was figuring out what virtual events looked like. Um, And that's not something I, I ever thought about. And I think for any other event organizer, that's not something they thought about. And it's, 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 it's like the wild west right now in, in, in virtual events because there is no best practice. There are, there are no best practices. You know, this is just a completely new uh, field. And so, uh, you know, I quickly started to uh, approach all of the event partners I already work with and try to figure out how can we adapt this great in-person content for virtual. So, you know, starting with the, uh, you know, the guides and historians who lead lectures, you know, how can we bring this virtual? Working with the tour guides, and then working with, you know, the artists or the actors or the, you know, you name it, um, the, the, you know, the, the, the sommelier, the whiskey expert, you know, how can we, how can we transfer this over into a, you know, into a great organized virtual experience uh, that one that people will pay something for, um, you know, and so we've been charging uh, $10 a person uh, across the board um, and, you know, and trying to build a, you know, build rebuild the brand around that. I mean, it's been, I feel like it's, it's, it's a new company, uh, honestly, uh, because, uh, you know, now I'm having around 15 events a week, but now they're all virtual and just a whole, you know, I'm putting on a different, a different hat and I'm using different skills. Uh, but in the end it's, you know, it's still the same, still achieving the same goal of showcasing New York in a really interesting light. And yes, it's not physical, but, um, you know, it's bringing you there from the comfort of your home and from the convenience of your home. And uh, now we're, 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 you know, we're reaching people not just in New York City, uh, but all over the world, just like you're just like this, uh, this radio show. And, and to be honest, you know, a lot of my favorite places in the New York City area are, are in the outskirts. Um, and, you know, getting people to go to, you know, City Island in the Bronx uh, is, you know, not a lot of people are going to do that. But, you know, people will tune in uh, virtually to see what city Island's all about. And once they, you know, get that, uh, that, you know, that crash course into it from the comfort of their home, then they're going to be a lot more inclined to go out in person because they, they learned all about it. And now they appreciate it more and hope well, the goals, hopefully that, uh, you know, gets them to uh, visit physically when, when the time is right. So it sounds, you know, I hate to say that there's any kind of a silver lining with, with the, tragedy on a scale that we've been dealing with right now, um, especially in New York. But it sounds like one of the um, uh, results of this in terms of how you approach your business, Corey, is that when we no longer need to be physically distant with each other, you're going to have um, a larger uh, business offerings to provide to people. You're going to have uh, uh, things to provide for people that you didn't have beforehand that were inspired by having to come up with things that people could participate and not be around each other physically. Yeah, it's been it's been a very rewarding experience. I, I didn't know if anyone would sign up um, uh, when I first started doing these, and I didn't know who who would show up. 
but you know, over the last three months, um, it, it, you know, it's definitely been a successful endeavor, and it's something I uh, plan to keep uh, going, even when people can return, you know, to, to going to places mm-hmm. physically, uh, and people really appreciate that. They can, you know, wherever they live, um, you know, whether in New York or maybe they're a former New Yorker, they've moved and they want to come back, uh, or they can come back physically, but now they can come back virtually. And so it's a way to keep, you know, keep them in the loop of what, uh, you know, the New York, New York story is about. So it's been a very interesting experience and I can't, you know, I'm, I, I'm very curious to see where it goes. And when, when, uh, people are, ret- are doing things in person again, will, will virtual events be a thing or will it fade away? Well, we're almost out of time, but maybe in a half a minute, can you speak about your plans to explore going into, to other cities? Yeah. Um, you know, that's been a goal from day one and, uh, for the last, you know, six years for, for, for in-person events, it's, you know, how do we do this effectively? Um, but I think with a virtual, uh, market, uh, it, it presents, uh, you know, I think, uh, when we do expand into another city, it would be the virtual experiences first. Um, those are the easiest to get off, off the ground and you can have the, you know, a, a very large audience watching. Um, and then from those virtual experiences to see, you know, are, is there even any interest in, Nashville events, Boston, Philadelphia, then you can actually start to add uh, in-person, mm. in-person events. So I think uh, this has changed the equation for what, how, how I approach uh, scaling. Well, Corey, thank you so much for being a guest on Rediscovering New York. And your website information is? Yeah, you can visit adventureclub.com uh, and Instagram NY Adventure Club to, to stay up in, in, the, in the know. Great. Well, thanks for being a guest on the show. Thank you, Jeff. Thank you so much. Our second guest on this special episode of Rediscovering New York has been Corey William Schneider. He's the founder and CEO and chief inspiration officer, I'm going to say, of the New York Adventure Club. Uh, If you have comments or questions about the show or if you'd like to get on our mailing list, please email me, jeff at rediscoveringnewyork.nyc. You can like us on Facebook. That handle is Rediscovering New York with Jeff Goodman. And you can also follow me on Instagram and Twitter. My handles there are Jeff Goodman NYC. Once again, I'd like to thank our sponsors, Chris Pappas, mortgage banker at TD Bank, and the law offices of Tom Siaka, specializing in wills, estate planning, probate, and inheritance litigation. One more thing before we sign off, I'm Jeff Goodman, a real estate agent at Halstead, which is now becoming Brown Harris Stevens in New York City. And whether you're selling, buying, leasing, or renting, my team and I provide the best service and expertise in New York City real estate. To help you with your real estate needs, you can reach us at 646-306-4761. Our producer is Ralph Storier. Our engineer is Sam Leibowitz. Our special consultant is David Griffin of Landmark Branding. Thanks for listening. We'll see you next time. ready to open your own business? Hi, I'm Jeremiah Fox. I've been operating and opening small business for the last 25 years, and I'm the host of the new show, The Entrepreneurial Web. Tune in every Friday at noon Eastern time for insights and stories on the nuances of running small business right here on Fridays at noon, talkradio.nyc. I'm the aptly named host of Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Big nonprofit ideas for the other 95%. Fundraising, board relations, social media. My guests and I cover everything that small and mid-sized shops struggle with. If you have big dreams and a small budget, you have a home at Tony Martinetti Nonprofit Radio. Fridays, 1 to 2 Eastern at TalkingAlternative.com. Hey, all you crazy listeners. Looking to boost your business? Why not advertise on Talking Alternative with very reasonable rates? Interested? Simply email at info at TalkingAlternative.com. Are you a conscious co-creator? 
Are you on a quest to raise your vibration and your consciousness? I'm Sam Leibowitz, your Conscious Consultant, and on my show, The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, we will touch upon all these topics and more. Listen live at our new time on Thursdays at 12 noon Eastern Time. That's The Conscious Consultant Hour, Awakening Humanity, Thursdays, 12 noon on talkradio.nyc. Listening to the Talking Alternative Network at www.talkingalternative.com. Now, broadcasting 24 hours a day. Talking Alternative. Do you love or are you intrigued about New York City and its neighborhoods? I'm Jeff Goodman, host of Rediscovering New York, a weekly show that showcases New York's history and its extraordinary neighborhoods. Every Tuesday live at 7 p.m., we focus on a particular neighborhood and explore its history, its vibe, its feel, and its energy. Tune in live every Tuesday at 7 p.m. on talkradio.nyc. You're listening to the Talking Alternative Network. 